Hi, this is James Eek from the Warrior's Way podcast, and you are listening to episode 80. But before we kick off, if you haven't had a chance yet, press pause and head to patreon.com. Don't do it yet, though. Let me finish my sentence. And hit the search button and look for the Warrior's Way podcast subscription page. Uh, If you haven't checked it out yet, we have a whole bunch of martial arts, meditation, mindfulness, you name it, a whole bunch of instructional videos, and I'm adding more every week. Uh, These are videos that I am showing you some cool stuff. It's a place to get more than the already awesome Warrior's Way podcast you already listening to. And it's a great way to support what we are trying to do here. And, of course, to keep it all going. Because, let's face it, time is money, like the man said. And this thing takes time. So, (laughs) um, it's just a way that I can uh, actually, you know, try to keep doing what I am already doing. I keep hearing how much you guys are loving it. Um, So, you know what? If you like it, help me out a little bit. And that will help you out a lot. You get access to all the videos and all the other cool things and you know you get a way to converse with me anyhow check it out patreon.com be awesome last summer when a friend asked me to house sit for her in the hudson valley it felt like a divine intervention new york city had been wearing on me more than usual The sidewalks were packed with tourists and the baking asphalt released swells of heat that felt like they could topple me over. After a flurry of writing assignments and then a lull, I felt unmotivated and needed an escape. I spent three weeks away and reaped what you might expect from a rural sojourn. I was more productive, focused, and physically relaxed. Those were great payoffs. But what really stuck with me, what I come back to when I think of my time upstate, is a symphony of birdsong I could hear from the back porch. I don't know what moved me to listen so closely, but whenever they began to sing, I'd stop and revel in my private backyard concert. The practice of lingering in a positive moment has a name. Savoring. It happens when we notice something pleasant, feel good about how good we are feeling, and then try to prolong those feelings, explains Maggie Pitts, an associate professor of communication who studies savoring at the University of Arizona. Research has found that this psychological exercise is pretty powerful. It can lead to better mental health and relationships, among many other benefits. But what is it? What is it exactly? Most of us probably associate the experience with a perfectly cooked steak or a crisp wine, but savoring transcends taste buds. We can savor anything that's positive or meaningful to us, says Pitts. That includes sensory experiences like the smell of pine during a forest hike, accomplishments like running your first marathon, and even events in the past or the future, like a cherished or upcoming vacation. In her research, Pitts focuses on social experiences, such as intimate conversations with friends. Like mindfulness, 
Savoring is another way to exercise being present, but it takes things a step further. Mindfulness asks you to observe the present moment without judging it and then let it go, explains Fred Bryant, a psychology professor at Loyola University who pioneered the field of research. Whereas with savoring, you observe a specific type of moment, a positive one, and then you try to cling on to it and not let it go. The benefits of savoring are similar to those of mindfulness. Studies have found that it can improve mood, lead to greater life satisfaction, and increase feelings of gratitude and appreciation. But it can also help you remember things more vividly. Sometimes mindfulness doesn't do that. The intense presence and attention to detail help you to create a memory map in your mind that you can access later, explains Pitts. Researchers also think that the technique could be an easy way to feel more joyful. People are always asking, how can I get happier, says Bryant. We know that we don't find happiness just by experiencing good events. What matters is how we react to them and whether we appreciate and find joy in them. Savoring is one of the roads that can lead us to more happiness and meaning. And because we can savor moments in the past, present, and future, it might allow us to experience a flood of positivity more often than mindfulness. Like any skill, savoring takes a little practice and intention. First, quit multitasking. Without screens and other distractions, we're able to tune into positive or meaningful experiences, says Pitt. When you find yourself enjoying an experience and want to tuck into it, Pitt suggests asking yourself what makes it special, what else it might remind you of, and precisely what you're enjoying. This not only helps you prolong the moment because you're collecting more information about it, but also helps you remember it better so you can savor it again in the future, she says. Another technique is to share the moment with others whether that's the people currently having the experience with us or when we later recall moments with someone who wasn't there. Articulating something out loud makes it more real to us. If it, it allows us to focus, heighten the experience, and savor it better, says Pitts. Researchers are now hoping to inch savoring into the spotlight as the number and breadth of their studies continues to grow. In addition to looking at its relationship with happiness, experts are investigating how savoring could help treat depression, reduce pain, and promote health and resilience in the elderly. It's being studied in the context of family functioning, job performance, and tourism. Despite the promising result or promising research, the concept isn't a panacea. It's a luxury, says Pitts. Because in order to do it, you can't feel cognitively taxed, overwhelmed, or distracted. Savoring can only happen when our basic needs are met, and we're already feeling pretty positive. Bryant notes that individuals who are predisposed to pessimism or depression might not benefit greatly. In this way, savoring falls short compared to mindfulness. Which, is encourage, which encourages us to let go of thoughts rather than stay in them. Even in our fight for survival, you could still engage in mindfulness, says Bryant. You do need some time and mental clarity to savor, but it doesn't need to take long. 
Pitts practices it while she's on her way home from work. With kids and a job, there aren't many long and luxurious moments of anything in my life, but I squeeze savoring in whenever I can, she says. When I enter a new room, I look around and see what I could savor. Maybe it's someone's beautiful handwriting on a memo. Although I delighted in my backyard soundtrack while it was happening, the payoff from savoring really came later on. When summer came to a close and my friends complained that their season sped by, I disagreed. My summer didn't fly. Instead, it lingered. Both Pitts and Bryant explained to me that savoring can make time feel like it's moving a little slower. A welcome sensation when days feel short and busy. Savoring may not be the answer to all that ails us, but if it makes me feel like I can cheat time just a little bit, it's worth it. So that is an article from Outside Magazine by Magdalena, oh, forgive me for this one, Puniuska, Puniuska, yeah, something like that. I think that's a good attempt. Magdalena Puniuska. <laughs> if not, that's your name now. Anyhow, good name. Um, I think it's a great article, but I'd have to say that there's a little bit of misunderstanding of mindfulness as being separate from savoring. Um, While they're right that when you're meditating as in the Zen way of doing it, you don't dwell on anything. You just let things go. You don't judge. You don't criticize. You just, for the most part, observe and let it go. In the practice of mindfulness, though, your purpose is to be present in the present to be aware. After decades of doing both mindfulness and meditation, I have to say they are kind of different views of the same thing, except for the fact that with mindfulness, you're more or less focused on the here and now, while in meditation, you're letting everything simply be without attachment. Being here and now, being mindful means seeing the present moment as a wonderful moment. Or in other words, mindfulness is all about savoring. It's about recognizing how awesome life is right at this moment, with this breath. When we embark on this kind of training, what we end up with is learning to savor everything in our lives. That's what mindfulness is. It isn't about detaching from them like meditation can be, but to be more present in our life, in this moment. If you're mindfully eating, for instance, you become hyper-aware of flavor, color, texture, aroma. It's not about detaching from it. Mindfulness, I'd say, is about fully savoring our lives to a degree like we probably never have before. We take mindfulness or savoring the moment into our training and our lives, say if we're rolling in jiu-jitsu, for instance, and trying to be mindful, we're going to be hyper aware of the position we're in, in the position of our partner, of potential submissions or escapes. We work at staying calm, of breathing calmly, of listening to the reactions of our partner, their breath, or even how their heart is beating. In jiu-jitsu, cultivation of mindfulness is key to figuring out what the potential of the art is all about. 
savoring it. It isn't any different with other arts we study. Being present, having gratitude on the mats, the the mats we are on, the partners we have, the teachers we have somehow found, and the lessons to learn, they're all part of mindfully savoring the training we're on. This is the way. The way of training and living a truly awake and a truly legitimate life. My kids often remark, sometimes annoyingly, that I love everything. And to be honest, they aren't far from the mark on that one. I see life as this amazing thing that it is. Full of miracles, wonder, art, and beauty. And it is way too easy to be a hater in this life. To shoot things down. To shoot people down. Look at how people react these days to every cool movie that comes out. For me, I try to see things with a different light. I try to see the joy and wonder and coolness of things. Even things that you might think don't have much wonder or coolness to them. And sure, some things don't turn my crank. But even then, I'm grateful for getting to experience it and understanding that I don't have to experience anything at all in this life. I've been given so many gifts. Even just being able to do something like this podcast and have so many people listening honestly blows me away. Life is great if you see it with the right eyes. If you savor it. So, meditate. Learn how to let go of judgment. But also learn to be mindful. They're different. It's going to make your training take on whole new angles you would never have expected. And it'll help you to see your life as the amazing gift that it truly is. Savor it. It's worth it. And guess what? So are you. And with that, let's go on to the question of the week. What do you think about people taking a break from training? (laughs) Oh boy, opening that can of worms. Um, To be honest, I think it is flaky as heck. (laughs) Uh, But to be fair, it really depends on the reason why, and of course, for how long. I myself just got back from a week of helping my youngest with some things in Toronto, and we were so busy that I didn't have time to even hit the gym or anything other than walk the nearly, if you can believe it, 30,000 steps pretty much every day, getting us from point A to point B and then to point C and then back to point A again. (laughs) Um, But that's pretty uncommon for me. I usually get my 10,000 steps in, not 30,000. But I rarely miss the gym and training. And for most of us, we can find the time to get at least some training in most days or most weeks. But if you're asking if someone should take a month or more off from training, I'd say a resounding no. In fact, I'd probably be like, uh, no. (laughs) The thing with most people is that literally the last thing they need is a break. If you want a break, it's probably because you're letting yourself come up with reasons not to train. And really, you should be asking yourself why that is. I mean, 
you get an injury, you still go to class. You have an infectious cold, you stay home. Um, One of my teachers stressed to me that the main thing that stops or derails people in their training is that they lack creativity. They believe that training is something outside of themselves. When in reality, we are the, we, us, individually, are the ones who are responsible for everything we individually achieve. We, individually, (laughs) are our first, our last, and best teacher. The physical teacher who leads our classes are just people who turn on the light in the darkness and point us a direction to go. Maybe I shouldn't say they're just, but that is what they are. The getting there, that's up to us. Humans love to come up with excuses. Oh, I'm going to take December off. Christmas is coming. Or I've been working so hard and I'm going to take a few weeks off to recover. Thing is, man, we are creatures of habit. Give yourself excuses, give yourself breaks, and guess what? Pretty soon, you are going to be one of those people who will tell everyone for the rest of your life about how you used to train. So, (laughs) good luck with that break. And I think we're going to end it there. So, if you are new to this podcast... Um, Or if you are a return listener, or if you are a constant listener, um, if you haven't yet, please go over to Apple Podcasts and give it a five-star rating. Write some words. You think it's cool. You love my voice, whatever it is. (laughs) Um, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could do that. Um, the other thing, like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, is we have a Patreon page that I've been working diligently at, filling it up with um, videos. My idea it was to basically um, give you guys a little bit of a glimpse of, well, some of the martial arts that I do, which are quite a few, um, but also some stuff that would probably help your training, whether you you know, study Kyokushin or Aikido or Jiu-Jitsu or, you know, you just are interested in training. I think that the videos will help you out. There's, like I said, things on meditation, mindfulness, breathing, different martial arts, stuff that is pretty cool. Uh, You name it, it is ending up there. Um, So go on Patreon and search for us and check it out. Uh, the other thing is if you want to, for whatever reason, get more of me, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Eek Academy, just my, like my last name, E-K-E Academy. Um, and you can find me on Facebook as well through the Eek Academy of Martial Arts. Um, or believe it or not, the Warriors Way podcast has a f- Facebook page where I post stuff as well. Man, that is a lot of stuff that I have to populate. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Um, The other thing, if you haven't yet, uh, and for those that have picked up a copy, thanks so much. Um, You can pick up a couple books that I have written on Amazon. Uh, You can get it as a actual, you know, made out of paper book, or you can pick it up for your Kobo or your Kindle. 
Uh, it's available, like I said, on Amazon. Or if you, you know, would prefer to use your Kobo, go on whatever that thing is, the Kobo machine, and download it there. Um, and there is The Warrior's Way, as well as another book called A Wolf in the Woods. And both are about training. The Wolf in the Woods, I keep promising (laughs) to do a podcast on it, and I will eventually, but there's a whole lot of other cool things to talk about other than me fighting a wolf in the woods, which, now that I'm saying it, is actually a really cool story, so maybe I have to do it sooner than later. Um, Anyhow, check it out. Like I said, five-star rating, Patreon, Instagram, Facebook, Amazon. Get on it. So with that said, we will part ways for today. But get on those mats. You never know. Today could be the day that you are supposed to be there. And I can guarantee that you're going to learn something. I can guarantee that it'll make you better than you were before. And I can guarantee all of your friends at your school will be glad that you were there. Because you know what? We are in this together. So train hard. Have fun. Be a great friend. And like I've said a few times now, do something to make this world a bit better. If that means that you're not going to put a plastic lid on your takeaway coffee... That sounds like a great idea. If you are going to, I don't know, not wrap Christmas and birthday presents in paper that's just going to end up torn up and thrown out, hey, cool idea too. Come up with some new ideas that you can do to make this world a better place. Because you know what? That is what training is all about. Talk to you later.